the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, awesome Christmas party last night. Thank you to WABC. Bull of a watch. What a wonderful match. Um, uh, an amazing watch company. Well, I just love, I love Frank Sinatra. We had a great big birthday party for Frank. How old is he? 110 or something like that? Um, or what would he have been? Uh, Joe Piscopo. God, that guy is talented. You know, not only the Sinatra impressions, but the singing, the drum playing, the incredible impressions of anybody else you can name, the comedy, uh, the political insight, Joe Piscopo. What, uh, what a talent in so many ways. Anyway, uh, so where do we begin? There's a lot of hot stuff going on, right? Uh, number one, they're the latest fake news, uh, stunt. It goes from Russia, Russia, Russia to a bunch of other things. The latest is, Dictator, dictator, dictator. He is a dictator. He is a total and complete dictator. And you got to listen to it, right? He's a dictator. The fake news all weekend long that Trump wants to be a dictator. Um, actually, listen to this. Cut 17, please. Cut 17. Cut 17, please. Cut 17. President sure again, he would be a Trump dictator. Somebody did not vocal. cut that well. <laughs> I hear two voices at the same time. Uh, well, that, that was going to be the criticism. Let's hear what Donald Trump actually said. All right. Everybody, nobody has been characterizing this the right way. Nobody understands it, quite frankly. I understand it. Nobody else does. Well, actually, plenty of people do, but unfortunately, they don't have microphones. Cut 18, please. Cut 18. issue, though, because the media has been focused on this and attacking you under no circumstances. You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Except for? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill. That's not a drill. That's not not retribution. I'm going to be... I'm going to be, you know, he keeps, we love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. That that, that sounds to me like you're going back to the policies when you were president. Yeah, the policies when he was president. How does he make that happen? How do you get the wall? How do you fix the border? How do you drill, drill, drill? Are you a dictator? Is that what he's saying? He wants to be a dictator? Yeah, that's what he just said. He said it out loud. That's a threat to democracy. No, it's not, everybody, okay? Everybody, shut up with that, please, in the fake news. You guys know what you're doing here. Some of you know. A lot of you are just stupid, and a lot of you are just liars in the fake news. Um, Executive orders, right? He's talking about signing presidential memoranda or and or executive orders, And for a long time, executive orders have been around since FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, right? That guy issued hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds. Um, And they've always been criticized as it's like a dictatorship. What is an executive order? What is a presidential memoranda? You can actually institute law without going to the House of Representatives and the Senate and doing all that stuff. You can sit there with a... With your pen, you can have some guy write up an order, and as long as it doesn't violate the Constitution, as long as it's not overtly illegal, uh, you can write it into law, 
And it's, it, it is a law. Now it's a temporary law. It can be undone by the next president. All right. They come in. Everybody does it. Nobody has done it worse than, than Joe Biden, actually. You remember this on Jan, on his first day in office. What did he do? He sat down with a great big stack. They look like restaurant menus. There were about 75 of them. One after the next. He signed, 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 opening the border, you know, uh, getting rid of all kinds of Title IX protections, just doing all kinds of crazy stuff that really has set this country back. Canceling the Keystone Pipeline. He was actually able to sign an executive order. This kind of stuff that really, really hurt us. Now, the beef on these things, on these executive orders and presidential memoranda, it's the same thing, different word, different wording. One has to technically be filed under a number. The other one doesn't have to be filed, but it still gets filed. It's just a little technical thing. Presidential memoranda or executive orders. Uh, Barack Obama came in there, uh, executive order, close down Guantanamo Bay. So even if you put it in an order, it doesn't actually always automatically happen. Um, and even when Obama did it, you had people saying, certainly from the right, this is this is what dictators do. You know, when the left does this, when Joe Biden did it, there are people saying, like me and others, that this is very dictatorial, but it is legal. All right. This is the beef has always been that a president does it by himself without seeking congressional approval or authorization the way we learned it's supposed to work. Uh in the schoolhouse rock, right? With the bill, only a bill, that sad sack of piece of paper. And he was going back and forth and getting vetoed and all that stuff. And he was really sad all the time. Well, now he's, uh, and then finally one day he's a law. They signed your bill. Now you're a law. Uh, executive order bypasses all that. And people at the Cato Institute, people at the Wall Street Journal, people at the liberal media, they, they, they've always had an issue before Trump showed up. With the executive order. Um, and sometimes they're really honest. I found a piece from a couple of years ago. Trump does not abuse executive power any more than Democrats do. <laughs> uh, it's kind of interesting. Let's see. How President Obama could be swept away with his executive orders that defy Congress and the country. Wow. And the courts. All right. That was about their beloved Obama. I got a million headlines like this. Let's see. Here's another one. President Obama's abuse of executive action and mass amnesty. Uh, there's also somebody who says that this stuff is, yeah, it's always anti-democratic. They don't like it. So when Donald Trump said that, did he say anything beyond that? He wants to sign a bunch of executive orders. But that means actually, no, he wants to kill somebody, according to the left. This is Glenn Kirshner. He's some uh, some talking head on MSNBC, which it would be nice to just write him off. But he's one of those Lincoln Project dudes, and, uh, you know, he's, he's pulling the strings on a lot of different things. Listen to this, the reaction to what he said to Sean Hannity, which you just heard, which I just explained. Look at what they're doing with that statement. Talk about taking something and running with it. Cut 17, please. Cut 17. I'm sure you saw the reporting about Donald Trump announcing that if elected to the presidency again, he would be a, quote, dictator on, quote, day one, claiming that a president can never be prosecuted for federal crimes he commits while in office. In other words, a president could line up his political opponents, shoot them through the head, and he's absolutely immune from criminal prosecution. That's what Donald Trump is arguing. Yeah, that's what Donald Trump is arguing. 
That's what exactly what Donald Trump is arguing. <laughs> he can he can shoot people in the head, right? Can I hear what what does he really want to do? He wants a border and he wants he wants to drill. You're allowed to do those things. Hmm? You're allowed you're still allowed to do those things. What's Mike Pompeo doing back on TV? Mike Pompeo. Another example of a guy who lost too much weight. Too much weight. You know, you can go overboard with the weight loss, okay? And this Ozempic, I can always tell when somebody has taken Ozempic. It looks fake. It looks like it doesn't look like you lost weight. It looks like you shrunk. And a lot of the times when you take the Ozempic and you lose that kind of weight, uh, what happens to you? You lose your mojo. Whatever you, you, you lose that spring in your step. They just become weird. Now I understand some people need Ozempic for, uh, diabetes and the, and, and, and it works and that's great. They don't lose their step. But if you want to lose weight, you know what I say. You got to talk to Dan down the hall or talk to the good people at New Jersey Diet, NJ Diet. Uh, they are totally amazing. Uh, so we took care of that. Yesterday on Meet the Press, I don't know why the hell they would do this. Well, screw that. We'll skip that for now. The University of Pennsylvania uh, president had to resign. And uh, did you hear the disgusting thing she said? The disgusting thing she said in front of that panel on Thursday, I believe. We have the Thursday clip, right? The Thursday clip. Do we have the Thursday clip? Well, we'll get back to the Thursday clip. Here she is um, over the weekend quitting. And, uh, yeah, and even even her even her uh, explanation of this doesn't add up. Okay, here she is trying to dig herself out of the hole. Cut five, please. Cut five. There was a moment during yesterday's congressional hearing on anti-Semitism when I was asked if a call for the genocide of Jewish people on our campus would violate our policies. In that moment, I was focused on our university's longstanding policies aligned with the U.S. Constitution, which say that speech alone is not punishable. I was not focused on, but I should have been, the irrefutable fact that a call for genocide of Jewish people is a call for some of the most terrible violence human beings can perpetrate. All right. So at this it's point, evil. yeah, it's evil. But she could have said that. She Here's what I really hate about this apology. It's it's deceptive. You heard what she said at the top? In that moment, I was focused on, like, as if the lights, cameras, and that person, that aggressive person questioning me confuse me. Maybe she's playing the woman card a little bit. In that moment, I was focused on free speech. Conveying that, yeah, you were distracted, you were you were focused on the wrong thing or whatever. That was your decision, and you decided it weeks ago, and you war game this with your advisors, with your press people, with the board probably, and then you hired a law firm. They actually hired a law firm that specializes in uh, people who are about to testify, crisis communications, you know, all that stuff. And they came up with this this plan. Now, do we have the original from Thursday? This was her plan all along because I do believe anti-Semitism is rampant on campus. It is totally fashionable. You have to stick up for the perceived victims, the perceived victims. And they just they just have to believe in their evil hearts or totally misguided because, evil. yeah, there's a little bit of evil here. That Jewish people can never be the victims somehow? This is insane. But here she is. Here's, uh, what's her name again? McGill. Liz, Liz McGill. Go ahead. 
There was a moment during no, yesterday. No, no, from the from the from Thursday. You got it from Thursday. This is the one that made all the news. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking specifically calling for the genocide of Jews. Does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your testimony that you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. Wow. Uh, there goes her career right down the tubes. Then again, she's a professor technically, and she doesn't get fired. She continues to work at the uh, law school. Now, you could say, well, wait a second. What about the First Amendment? All right. What about the that means that the state cannot dictate um, speech? The state. This is not that. This is not that. This is a private institution, but it's very big and they get public funds and all that stuff. Right. And this is about protecting Jewish people at a private institution. If I'm going to the University of Pennsylvania, uh, let's say I'm taking a night class, okay, and uh, just and uh, my friend gets harassed because he's Jewish, and they actually somebody is sitting there calling for the genocide of Jews. You, you, the answer isn't well; it's his First Amendment right to say this stuff. No, this is a private institution. That must be a, a violation of of somebody's code, right? Every you go to a corporation to work, right, and they give you that big handbook, and they got this rule or that rule, and if you date somebody at work, you got to sign this form. And but by the way, please don't date anybody at work. I think they, they, they there should be a line in there. Please do not call for the eradication of the Jewish people. All right, you can, and if you do that, you can be expelled. We're not talking about putting people in prison, expulsion or some sort of penalty for calling for the eradication of the Jewish people. And again, you know, this group, Jews, for some reason, never get the benefit of the doubt. Why, why is it? Well, it's anti-Semitism, and it's real. Unlike white supremacy, right? We don't, they're not that ambivalent about white supremacy. On the one hand, uh, on the other hand, uh, no, but with anti-Semitism, it's always interesting what side they come down on. All right, give me a moment, please. Many thanks. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. 
Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. If another person comes up to me and tries to command respect by telling me all about their service in the Navy Reserve, and I'm not talking about the real Navy Reserve, I'm talking about the fake one. I'm talking about the fake one that you can join at lunch, that you can fill out a form, and uh, you can stick out your tongue and say, ah, and then they make you a Navy officer, all right? Don't try that anymore with me. I'm sorry. It, 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 look up my I've – wor- I've written about this, okay? It is a scam, uh, and they pull it on a lot of people. you got to look it up. you got to look up on a piece about this. Pete Buttigieg, uh, when did I write that? Early 2020. You know, one of the things they loved about Pete Buttigieg, uh, two things, gay – and uh, he was in the military. He went to Afghanistan, you know, in the military. Uh, those two things, like, oh, wow, like, right? And he's a Democrat. Oh, my goodness gracious. We must. He's such an interesting. Oh, and Harvard, too. These are things that the fake news absolutely swoons over. They don't swoon over genuine military service. They don't. They look down on that. But if you have Harvard, if you have the gay, and you ha- then you have military into the – you put that – ooh, what do we have here? It's so interesting. Well, it's not. It's a scam. And it's a shortcut to the – well, the prestige of military service. There's a certain am- amount of prestige that comes with military service, right? There's a hell of a lot of sacrifice. But you don't have to sacrifice anything when you go into the Navy Reserve thing that Pete Buttigieg did. All right. And yeah, the gay thing, I don't care. Uh, you don't care. But the political press continues to be obsessed with that. The secretary of transportation has a husband who in the hell cares? How is that going to make the planes get out of LaGuardia any more efficiently? Right. It won't. But it's awfully stylish. Who remembers? What was that guy's name? Dirty Harry. Inspector Callahan. They came and told Inspector Callahan, your next partner is a woman. Will you care to tell me about your first felony arrest? I never made a felony arrest. Ooh. You care to tell me about your first misdemeanor arrest? I've never I've never arrested a misdemeanor offender. Hmm. Well, isn't this stylish to have a woman around? Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, what the hell are they doing to Trump now? Uh, they're running over to the Supreme Court. Why? Why? Why now? Jack Smith, he wants an emergency ruling on something, an emergency ruling. It's They're in such a uh, rush to get Trump on this fake stuff, on this totally fake stuff. That Jack Smith is one dangerous guy. Oh, and you know who's really dangerous? Uh, dangerous. I know it's a little bit. Well, they got me saying it now. I read, I'm reading Liz Cheney's book. <laughs> so you don't have to. Whatever you do, do not read that book. I'm telling you, the only thing worse than listening to Liz Cheney is reading her. Okay. You're a threat to our democracy. Everybody's a threat to, everyone is a threat to democracy that she doesn't like. Now, I noticed a pattern though. I mean, we all know she doesn't like Trump, right? She believes that's a big threat to democracy. But Republican congressmen are also a threat to democracy, basically, right? Uh, Democrats, she loves any elected Democrat. Uh, it's funny. She's calling uh, Kevin McCarthy, Kevin this, and um, Mike Johnson, Mike that, and just Kevin and Mike. But whenever Nancy Pelosi comes up, Madam Speaker, hello. Oh, yes, Madam Speaker, Madam Speaker, Madam Speaker. Um, oh, it's interesting. I noticed that 
anybody who's not elected commands like the utmost respect from Liz Cheney, the House parliamentarian. He had been there for years and I I would confer with him from time to time and I learned so much from the House parliamentarian. Who cares? Who well her, her staff They were not elected by the American people, all right? They're a bunch of people out to do what Liz Cheney did. And before her, her father. Go to Washington, D.C. as a staffer and get rich, okay? That's what they want to do. And the Cheneys got very, very, very rich in Washington, D.C. But everything is a threat to democracy, uh, according to her, except bureaucrats, I mean, it's just non-democratically elected swamp dwellers are the heroes, the saviors of democracy. But anybody who's actually been elected to office, right, they're somehow a threat. I have to point out, she also was kicked out of her own conference. The Republicans voted to remove her, right? The the, the voters of Wyoming voted to remove her, yet. She is somehow the savior of democracy. It's a very peculiar book. It's a very peculiar stuck. Well, maybe that's giving her too much credit. What she is is she's a brat. You don't hear that word very much anymore, do you? James Flippin, I remember you didn't want to be a brat, a spoiled brat. It's one of those words that has faded into oblivion, in part because I think everybody everybody is kind of a brat now. Mm-hmm. I mean, a brat was, you know, this self-entitled, spoiled, uh, get out of my way. That was a bad thing to be. And we had a word for it, brat. You don't have that word anymore. Nobody talks about brats. Mm-hmm. They're all over the place. Nobody talks about having a chip on your shoulder anymore, right? A lot of things people used to do, they don't talk about, they don't do anymore. Uh, people watching. Oh, this cafe is great. I love to people watch. When the hell are you going to look at people with their Instagram on your phone? Right? I'm quite the philosopher, aren't I? I yeah, I, I would say you are. I mean, I, I think that you're right. The uh, pursuit of me, the pursuit of whatever I want is sort of considered mostly noble these days. So uh, what's going on here locally? Well, let's see. There was a rally down at City Hall this morning and then a budget hearing. What, the rally for – is this the peace, the up with peace, down with violence no, no, no. rally? No, no, no. This is not a unity rally. This is actually city council members who are upset about the budget cuts that the Adams administration announced over a couple of weeks ago. You see, they have, a, they have a rally on the steps of City Hall. Well, go in there and get to work. <laughs> And they are doing that today. Well, I mean, they are doing that. They're having a hearing. They Oh, a hearing. I don't know. I just, you know, and and, and let me guess. New York One, News 12, the Bronx, they all brought their cameras there and listened to, uh, you know, Councilman this and Councilwoman that, Mm -hmm. right? And then makes the news. And then we just go on to the next thing. Uh, What about, what about, you know, Eric Adams doesn't have much time. I, I heard all weekend long. How much trouble he's in. Now, I don't know what the, the nature, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with Turkey, by the way. All right. He is like, he is in deep for a lot of different things. Have you noticed a change in demeanor or a change in scheduling? Like, is he not as out and about? Well, as- it was a few weeks, uh, let's see, probably over a month or so ago that he stopped with the normal off topic Q&A press conferences. Now he just does it once a week. Now it's just once a week where you can actually get questions in that are not on topic. And that's where a lot of this stuff will 
typically be asked about. You know what I mean? Like any sort of investigation, anything that's encompassing City Hall, but not specifically on message that day, you'll get more opportunity to talk about it. But it's just once a week now. And, yeah, I mean, in terms of change of demeanor, change of tone, yeah, maybe a little bit. This reminds me of Hunter, actually, Hunter Biden, who's in huge trouble, right? But not huge enough because they're not getting him on all the shady lobbying he did. And his father's name was conspicuously absent from that big indictment that came down last week. Right. When I remembered something uh, in one of his books, and he said it and his father said the same thing. So I know it's true, actually, in terms of Biden family lore. At a certain age, I think I think Hunter was like 11. Joe says to him, so what do you want to be when you grow up, Hunter? And Hunter said, I want to be important. I know that from uh, from Hunter's memoir, and I also know it from Joe's. You know what Joe said to him? I know. Well, what he said in his book. I asked my son, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" He said, "I want to be important." Joe said to himself and to us, the reader, "I knew what he meant. I knew what he meant." So guess what, uh, Hunter? Because you know, I mean, such a deranged family. Sorry, it is, and you know, every family is a little bit deranged, but like this. My goodness gracious. Uh, but, you know, he got what he wanted. Hunter Biden, you know, is an important figure right now. And I think he's enjoying this stuff. He's enjoying the notoriety. It is the last thing an addict needs, right? Notoriety, you know, turn on the TV. There he is. They're talking about him, right? That He, he is next level kind of tickled with himself. Like a narcissism thing? If you, look, if your 11-year-old dream is to be important and you have no, like, and your dad doesn't sit you down and say, well, it's not a, it doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? You, it's about, it's about contrib- contrib- contributing something of value to others. Maybe you sell it. Maybe you offer it. Who knows? But you're, you're putting the cart before the horse, right? That's backwards. Just to be important for important sake. And, well, I guess he's important for, right? He is. Hey, Mitt Romney, did you see Mitt Romney? Mitt Romney was talking about him over the weekend and says, oh, yeah, this is really bad. And um, and, and Joe Biden, he never would have made that money if it wasn't for Joe Biden. But Mitt Romney is the guy in the middle of the 2020 campaign who yelled and screamed that this is a non-story. And everybody should move on and leave Hunter alone. What, the laptop, you mean, or something? The laptop, everything. And the uh, the House Senate Committee had investigated Hunter and found all this money coming from and. He, and, and and Biden, I'm sorry, uh, Mitt Romney comes out and says, it's not worth the paper it's written on this Senate report. It's all politics. You know what they've done? They've actually delegitimized the word politics, right? Well, politics is of or relating to elections and governance, right? I mean, politics is actually not a bad word, but they have so demonized it. And what have they, what have they vaunted? The men and women of the Department of fill-in-the-blank, right? Now, these men and women, they work for us. More and more, it seems like they think that, you know. Well, it's like you talked about with Liz Cheney last week. You know, you played that clip from her where she said, Trump must be stopped. He he cannot be president. And you said, well, what if he gets more votes? Because <laughs> that's democracy, right? That is democracy. Um, actually, do me a favor. And Mitt Romney has a, uh, we found out his, you know, he's retiring. He's quitting the U.S. Senate. I would love to have one of those jobs where you could you could announce you're leaving a year and a two years before you leave. Most people two weeks if they're lucky. If they're lucky, right. yeah, that's fair. this uh, aristocrat, 
That's what he is. He's an aristocrat. In America, we don't do aristocrats, okay, Mitt? That's one, another thing you could never figure out about America. Also, you have absolutely no sense of humor. It's the thing about his father. Uh, what was his name? George Romney, apparently. Yeah, George, yeah. Had, could not laugh. Was physically incapable of laughing. You know what I mean? It's just a very strange trait. Uh, cut 16, please. Mitt Romney on his future plans. Well, let's talk about you and your future, your decision to leave the Senate. You've been adamant you're not going to run for president, so I won't ask you that question. But what is next for you, Senator? Well, I came here to ask you whether perhaps a position here at NBC News would be available <laughs> for me. <laughs> uh, that's what he wants, I think. That's right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, that, he wasn't joking. He wasn't joking. They gave him half the show yesterday. Lame duck rhino Mitt Romney gets half of a Sunday show so he can bitch and moan about Donald Trump, the most popular figure in the history of, well, Republican politics. And, oh, by the way, well, never mind. I'll get back to it. All right. So locally, is there anything else? Uh, let's see. Steve Sweeney, uh, formerly the head of the state Senate in New Jersey, he's going to run for governor of New Jersey. Um, there are no idea who that guy is or what he looks like. Is he a Democrat or a Republican? He's a Democrat. Oh, he's got his hands full because he's running against Tammy Murphy, right? Well, Tammy Murphy's actually running for Senate. Oh, never mind. Uh, he's running for what? Governor. All right, let me so know. So he'll go up against, I guess, oh, Cittarelli. Jack Cittarelli. Yeah, fat chance, Sweeney. He's probably a career politician, too, right? I believe that. He, well, he talked about... I can't even remember what it was. Growing up, like working in a steel mill or something like that. I don't That's know. what they got to do. They got to talk about jobs they had when they were 16 years old. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, you know who did that? Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy did that. And uh, that, that uh, guy's a pretty slimy guy, Kevin McCarthy. He, when he got kicked out of the speakership, he gave a big speech and he talked for half of the speech about some sandwich shop that he owned and sold, implying that he made a lot of money on it. And right. He sold it. I figured out when he was 20. He's 20. And then what did he do? He interned for the local congressman. Oh, well, actually, no. He said he tried to intern for the local congressman, but they rejected him. Ooh, but there he became the Speaker of the House. Now, what he doesn't tell you is he didn't tell you that he sold a sandwich shop when he was 20. He also doesn't tell you that, yeah, he didn't get the internship. But as soon as he graduated from college, he worked for that congressman. He got a job with that congressman and stayed there for like 15 years and then replaced that congressman. So uh, anyway, they're all... What's his name again? Steve Sweeney? Steve Sweeney. And he is a Democrat, right? Yes. All right. So I don't like him uh, off the bat. I mean, really, if you are if you are signing up for uh, no border and this transgender mess, we have an American politician and labor leader who served in the New Jersey Senate from 2002 to 2022. Oh, brother. Yeah. What did they do before that? Let me guess. He was in the assembly. I bet he was in the assembly. Was he in the assembly first? Nope. He was the member of the Gloucester County, New Jersey Board of Freeholders. Uh, did he do anything? Anything. Well, he's the vice president of the International Association of Bridge, Structural, Ornamental, and Reinforcing Iron Workers, i.e., we better get a lunch break <laughs> and a 15-minute smoke break. And somebody has to be there watching it the whole time. And if we don't show up for work, that's disability. I don't know. I just have doubts about the the labor un, uh, the labor movement, what mm-hmm. it's become. He did talk about in announcing that he's running that he's been part of you know certain progressive causes that he's proud of, you like know, marriage, what? marriage equality, extended family leave. 
extend it. Doesn't anybody want to work anymore for crying out loud? Uh, The only thing to come out if you're running for governor is to immediately renounce the work of of uh, Phil Murphy and that fear monger he is. Right. Remember white supremacy. You got to vote for me and not give New Jersey over to the white supremacists like Jack Cetarelli. One of the most decent men, and I don't think Jack has much of a background in politics. He's a he's a private sector dude. Yeah. All right. Where does this leave us, uh, James Flippin? Bottom line is what? Uh, well, I actually do have one other thing to add that I think you'll be more happy about. Did you see the tornadoes in Tennessee? I did. Man, oh man, oh man! Do not mess around. And when they, this is the one thing I'm going to listen to the government about when they tell you to get the hell out, evacuate ahead of time. Hurricanes included. Just get out. You know, you can see that hurricane, that that tornado, it doesn't matter if you're huddled in the basement. You're going to die. Granted, they only last for about nine minutes. And granted, they get it wrong a lot. And so does the weatherman. Hmm. All right. It's on a case-by-case basis. What else? Final thing. Uh, just the last thing was on Friday, a appeals court struck down, did you, did you see this, the New York law that said on a concealed carry permit application, you have to list your social media accounts. The court struck that down. They said that's an imposition on the Second Amendment and the First Amendment. Wait, what? So when you apply for a concealed carry permit in New York, you have to list all your social media accounts, even if it's like, you know, Trump fan one, two, three. Well, that's what they're looking for. Trump fan one, two, three doesn't get his concealed carry permit, probably. So the court said, no, that's an unfair imposition on the Second Amendment. And it has First Amendment concerns as well, because you have to give any pseudonyms that you're using. Well, tell that to Kathy Bucktooth Hochul, who's running around trying to you can't bring a gun basically anywhere. The Supreme Court said your rules are too onerous. And she's flouting the Supreme Court big time. Uh, I hear Cuomo may want to run for governor or mayor. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's that's starting to heat up. Uh, I'll have more on this Jack Smith thing. Oh, and the great big banquet uh, over the weekend featuring Donald Trump right here in New York City when we come back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, We'll get to the banquet where Donald Trump showed up. And uh, hey, Sid was there. And a lot of people from WABC, I heard they had a nice moment, and it was a great speech from Trump. I heard it was the – I love the young Republicans, but when I heard I, – I, I, I didn't know it was going to be as big as it was. So uh, maybe I should have uh, – anyway, uh, hey, eh, missed out, missed out. Eh, happens sometimes. I, I, I could have gone, but I, I – quite frankly, when they first asked, I didn't know that the president was going to be there. Uh, oh, well, let's do this. Uh, Jerry, hello. Yeah, hi, Greg. Uh, speaking about this Jack Smith uh, issue now where he's taking up the expedited court to the Supreme Court, uh, I feel like he's doing that because he knows that if Trump starts winning primaries, that he's probably going to have a tougher time getting Comey, Barrett, and Kavanaugh, which are the swing votes, make no mistake about that. And he only has to pair off one of them because Roberts is definitely a Bush, never Trumper. And so they have Roberts and the three people against Trump, uh, liberals, that's four. And they have, they need to get just one, Comey, Barrett, or Kavanaugh. And that would be it. Uh, The cases will go forward. The Supreme Court always is going to decide this case because if they don't decide it, they're making a decision. Just like in 2020, they actually made a decision. When they decided not to take it, and that's what's scary, because we know Gorsuch 
Thomas and Alito wanted that 2020 case. And we couldn't get Comey Barrett. You only need four. And we couldn't get Comey Barrett or Kavanaugh to say, yeah, let's hear it. So that's a very scary thing that uh, they didn't even want to 2020, either one of them. Uh, yeah. And it should have been every time somebody says, well, you know, there are 62 cases and it failed. No, actually, it didn't. And most of them were about standing and uh, it should have gone to the Supreme Court. Word is that they were scared scared of riots scared of death threats scared and i guess i can understand that but you know then don't take the big job don't take the big job um you know it's one of the reasons why i think they allowed that big mob of people to uh harass uh kavanaugh remember that when they set him loose on the on his front lawn you remember that 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 made that made him wobbly don't you think Yes, because he should have been Patton. If Patton was around, and this time Patton would be absolutely right, he should have smacked him when he was at that hearing crying. Okay? Oh, wait a second. No, 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 no. I mean, uh, no, look. Kavanaugh did great in that hearing. It was an emotional time, all right? And he, remember how tough he was? He was great. I like Kavanaugh. I like Kavanaugh up until some of these rulings, uh, some of these opinions. But... No, I, I have no problem. You know, people cry in life, you know. Even Patton probably boo-hooed a little bit here and there. Um, hey, one other thing, though. You know what is also scary? Very few people all know about this stuff. Very, very few. Very few people are going to read these um, these opinions. And those who do are to the left, you know. Those who do, uh, who will make the most noise about it, are to the left. Uh, very few people have the bandwidth or the time or the inclination to know and understand these issues. Now, I will say this. This is not about the ultimate case. This is just about the trial date, right? No, there's a big problem here because... You see, it gets so technical. It does get very technical. How do you know this stuff, Jerry? Are you a lawyer? What's the deal? I've already told you before, I never comment on things like that. I've told you a long time ago when you said... Oh, and I, as if I should remember a long time ago, you told me you're not going to comment on things like that? You know, right. you know what? You, you, you here you are badgering Kavanaugh for not, you know, for losing composure in public. You won't even give me your name in public. You won't even tell me your occupation. I mean, you know, you got to be a little bit, you know. I, look, I like you, and you're smart, but I mean, you see the, I don't know, I don't want to call it hypocrisy, but something, something is not aligning. I'll tell you what it is. With me, it's family. Uh, I have people. And in you know my what? Family. This is what people say. This is the excuse people use. For not backing up Trump. This is the excuse people use sometimes for voting for impeachment, against impeachment, the family, and all that stuff. Jerry, keep in touch. You know, if you said you were a lawyer, you would have limited, you would have narrowed it down to about 50 million people. We got too many lawyers. But anyway, uh, great points. And uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is bad.